for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is November 23rd, 2021, and today's guest is Alex Gilstrom. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 189. Today's guest is Alex Gilstrom. Alex Gilstrom works for Whitetail Properties, and uh, he's been one of my friends for a while. And uh, Alex is very, very knowledgeable when it comes to whitetail deer hunting. So today's Today's podcast is going to be all about the weeks that we're in right now, the last two weeks of November and trying to get it done on a buck in the last two weeks of November. This one's a really cool podcast because Alex breaks down a lot of different tactics that he does. I kind of put my two cents in as well. And uh, we have a good conversation about you know, how to keep the grind going, how to keep your mental game up, and also what to look for and like what we like to do to get a deer down in late November. A lot of states, gun seasons are going on and they're kind of winding down or they're just starting. So, you know, it's it's kind of difficult here in Michigan. It's gun season has been going on for, you know, not quite 10 days, but it's it's almost there. You know, we're eight days right now. And Things are moving a little bit. I haven't got a picture of a shooter buck since the 15th of November. So it's like, you know, it just seems like it's starting to fall off. So how to get in there and get after these bucks in late November. So that's today's podcast. A couple housekeeping things here. The merchandise order, apparel, everybody that ordered apparel, I am still waiting to hear back from the people that are printing the shirts or printing the hoodies or the shirts. So I will let you guys know as soon as I know, um, with COVID going on, I hate blaming COVID, but it is, it's, it's made things slower. So that's where we're at with that right now. 
Also, last thing, you know, with with this tactics that we're going to be talking about and trying to kill deer and kill bucks in late November, a good thing or one thing that might come in handy is a trail cam. If you guys are looking for any trail cams or anything like that to use, go to exodusoutdoorgear.com and check out everything those guys have. I've said it before a couple times, renders, they're my favorite because they are cell cams. I'm really enjoying the cell cams, getting those pictures right to my phone. Um, but the other cameras are very effective as well. It just it just adds more intrusion because you got to go in there and check it, batteries, all that stuff. So the render, I've had it out for a long time, I mean months now. I can't even remember when I first put it out. Still have yet to change the batteries in there, and it's still taking great pictures. So go check out exodusoutdoorgear.com and uh, go get a camera. So with that being said, let's get into this podcast with Alex, and uh, yeah, it's a great conversation. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast, and today's guest is a good friend of mine, Alex Gilstrom. Alex, thanks for coming on, man, and uh, carving out some time in November to record. Absolutely, buddy. I couldn't be more excited to talk to you. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, man, and it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's hard to believe that we're already at the halfway mark. I can't believe we're halfway through November already. It's crazy, man. Like We were having some meetings today, and I mean, we're recording this uh, mid-November right now, but this is going to go live here in a couple of days, but... Somebody was like, oh, yeah, next week's Thanksgiving. And I'm like, no, it's not. And they're like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, no, it's not Thanksgiving next week. Sure shit. Next Thursday is yeah. Thanksgiving. It can't be. It can't be. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Does yeah. it blend it's together for you? Like November and stuff like that? Every year it seems to blend, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, I, 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 get, I stay, you know, I segment my season up. I, it's, it's weird, man. Like, you know. Growing up in Michigan, just I mean, just like you being a Michigander all my life, and then you know about six years ago moving to Illinois. But um, it's uh, it's like you, you just the season's got this build where it just gets you get more and more excited just as it gets later and later into November. But you know, I, the more and more that I'm I'm hunting, and, and especially now living in you know um, you know quote unquote a big buck state like in the Midwest, and and kind of you know doing doing what I'm doing down here, it's just it's weird man it's like you, you i've really grown an appreciation for these other times of the season too just outside of the rut and it's like yeah i think once you start you start focusing and honing in even in some other states and some other areas and start like really kind of maximizing every phase of the season it just flies like it's like it's like it's all of a sudden it's early to mid-september and then it's christmas <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, what, dude what like what just happened <laughs> yep yeah you know for me like growing up in michigan and before you moved to illinois and i know you did some out-of-state hunting as well but like when you were kind of stuck i always call it like the the michigan like tunnel vision like when you grew up yeah. and that's like what you knew and and how yeah. you were taught to hunt like did you ever like when you started hunting out of state did you ever think of like wow like I can kill a buck in mid October. Like and then really like you were talking about the different phases. Like I feel like until I started moving or getting out of the state of Michigan, I really grew as a hunter. If that's what I'm trying to say. Like you know, before it's like you fall into this rut, it's the quote unquote October lull, you can't kill really deer that time they don't move like no, they do move, but maybe not on my little piece of Michigan ground because it's so, <laughs> you know, it's so over, overpopulated. But, like, did you grow as a hunter as you started, like, making those steps out of Michigan, I guess? Exponentially. Like, not, like, not, like off the charts. Like, not even – I mean, the, 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 the leaps and bounds and the growth 
like increments I hit or like it was, I grew to areas I didn't even know really like I would ever get because it was just, I mean, 400, like when I was growing, you know, in my late, in my mid teens to late teens and even, even early twenties. And then when I got, when I got into college um, and started kind of like, you know, you and I followed a lot of the same trajectory as far as our careers and stuff. Like I said, I got, I was in video production and mm-hmm. filming for different hunting shows and doing production work and, and things like that while I was going to college and, and doing some content creation and stuff. And, and that, and that like by nature and, and just the drive to go and see and explore takes you to these other, other places and other States. And it was like, Holy cow. Cause I mean, growing up in Michigan, I mean, I was blessed, man. Like we had some actually really good hunting. Like I, I grew up in the Southwest corner, um, St. Joe hunted, you know, grew up in St. Joe County and, and, and hunted a lot in Cass County and other areas there. And it was like, I didn't, you know, you see people talking about like four or 500, 600 acre farms. And I'm like, what are you talking? I, I can't even comprehend yes. that. Like what, yep. what that even means. And then, you know, starting to go to like, you know, Kansas is a, is a, is a really, I, I spent a lot of time in Kansas, you know, every year didn't go this, not knowing this year, but usually um, for the last 10 years, actually I've been going to Kansas, South Dakota, same thing like out West and, and even taking a couple trips to Illinois and Missouri over the years. And it's like, even just, even public land or getting permission on something like that. It's, it's like, Holy cow, you're opening yourself up to thousands and thousands of acres. Super intimidating. At first you're like, I don't even know what to do with all this property. Like where, how do we, where do we even start? But you hit the nail on the head, man. It's like, once you get over that initial kind of shock, you, you just start making mistakes and you start getting out there and then it just becomes addicting and more and more fun. And you just start learning and learning and learning and learning and then find some success and then more success and more, and then just kind of starts snowballing on itself. But yeah, it's, I mean, it, it really showed me. And I think one of the reasons I'm so drawn, I mean, like you, man, it, Michigan is home. It's always going to be in my heart. I love the swamps, the marshes, the hardwoods, yes. like the body. Like I just, I love all that. I grew up just living in it. And, but like, I also have developed a really strong passion for like the open country and open farm country, open, oh, prairie, yeah. open prairie and stuff too just because it's so different. different. Like it was, I, I just, I developed an entirely different skill set and hunting style by consistently going out there that I never would have otherwise. And that's, and I just, I cherish that. I think it's just, it's a lot of fun to, to be able to just learn new things and go and do, but to your point, I exactly, it helped me, it, it, it helped me grow so much as a hunter. And it was an, at an expedited like level. Like I feel like, oh, yeah. I feel like in one year hunting out of state, I was like, holy shit, like, I just learned what I learned in the last 10 years in Michigan and more. And it's like, whoa, you know, it's like crazy. Hold on to your hat. And honestly, I think a lot of, like, for me, it was because I hunted the same 218 acres my whole life. You get into this comfort level. It's like, okay, these are your stands. You don't go hunt here because this. And then you read this in some magazine. It's like, okay, it doesn't happen there. But I have a perfect example for you. So November... I shot my Michigan buck on November 3rd. I went in, God, I'd have to remember the date. A couple days after that, I have yet to set foot on, on my main family farm. I have a, a farm country farm, a farm where I killed my buck, and I love that hunting over there. But, like, my family farm is, like, big woods. I mean, it's all timber. Yep. So, you know, I just told myself one night, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just literally throw a dart at the wall. I'm going to do a hang and hunt. And just going somewhere with no intel. Well, I decided to go in between two hemlock swamps that I've never hunted before in all the years I've hunted this. I go in there, I see a 120-inch buck at 80 yards, almost got my fourth buck down of the year. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I fell back into that comfort. Like, it almost like 
I almost made myself like, dude, stop, you know, like just go do something you would never do before. I had to tell yeah. myself that to do it. And then it worked. Well, I mean, it almost worked, but <laughs> you know, That's, it was crazy. I, so I, I've actually thought about this and, and I've actually wrote about it quite a bit and I call it hunting with the two day mindset. So where you force yourself, like, especially on trips, but I even, I've even started implementing it in the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, whatever back, uh, even in the spots, quote unquote, around home. And I'm right now I'm hunting exclusively on public, even around home here in Illinois, just because access to ground is so, I mean, I'm not going to pay the lease prices that it costs here and, you know, working towards buying a chunk and things like that. But I mean, that's, you know, that's, it takes a lot of time to get investment. So, um, but it's, it's like, I call it the two day mindset where you're forcing yourself if you're on like a week to 10 day long trip or even around home. If you like, just go into it and say, all right, I'm going to give myself, you know, two days to get it done. I've got to figure this out in two days. And what that does is like, it makes you get super aggressive, keeps you mobile. It's like, okay, you know, I'm going to sit here this evening. I'm going to give it this evening in the morning. And I'm not seeing fresh, you know, I'm not seeing the freshest sign or maybe the sign is super fresh, but just, it, it looks like you're, you're a day late or two days late or whatever. And just keep going. It's like that kind of thing that you're talking about, about just like do being, staying mobile, hanging and hunting, trying something new in a different spot and just not getting trapped in that, that comfort zone. Yes. You're, it, dude, it, it's what keeps you, in my opinion, it's what keeps you in deer. It's what keeps hunting exciting. It's what keeps you learning and and you're going to figure it out. I mean, I just, I, I believe so much in that approach. I, you know, I never called it the two day mindset and honest, I, I'm going to, I had this happen to me twice this year when I killed my Ohio deer, I've said it on a podcast for right after I killed that deer, I, I went back and like kind of my whole thought process of the day that I was scouting, I got into camp on a Monday. I killed him Tuesday night. Like it was raining. I went in Tuesday morning and scouted the farm. I found like 20 open scrapes or 20 scrapes before I found out where I wanted to hunt. The old me would have like, hey, after the first scrape or five scrapes, yep. I would have I would have been like, yep, I'm going to hunt right here. But something exactly. like something was like, nope, you need to go deeper. You need to go deeper. Go deeper. And I went deep and then pull out a 170-inch 10-pointer, and it's like, holy shit. So then fast forward to my Michigan hunt this year where I I had that encounter with that buck. I hung the stand, got in it. I sit down, and I'm, like, scanning everything, and I'm like, I told myself, fuck, I need to go deeper. And I'm like, no, I'm here. And I'm like, no, you need to go deeper. And then I'm like, no, and I I stayed. And that deer skirted me at 80 yards. If I would have went deeper, he would have been right in my lap. You know what I mean? So it's just like that. God, like I should have went with my gut again, but I kind of fell yeah. back into it. You know, that's yeah. a good mindset that you were talking about though. I like that. But it's your experiences too. I mean, and, and right there what you're talking about is like, and that's what, and that's what guys like, like when you're talking to your buddies, you're talking to like other people and they're at, you know, even maybe if it's a new hunter or, or somebody that's really kind of trying to elevate and like say, Hey, I want to try this mobile hunting thing, or I want to try hunting new areas or take a trip out of state or do something different. And they're like, how do you know? how do you know? Like, they're like, how do you, right. how do you know that you're, that you push in further or you, or you hold up? And like, I, and in my opinion, it's, you can describe some tendencies to look for, like yes. keep an eye open for this, or this is a, you know, this is the kind of structure or this habitat shift or, or sit on this, you know, when it starts to transition and you're in this like soft edge, or, you know, you those certain things and thick cover and like, and, and maybe it'll give somebody some good guidance, but uh, man, like what you're talking about when it's your instincts, you're like, Nope, I need to go in a little farther or Nope. I'm, this is too, I need, 
I, this is where I need to be. I don't need to go any farther. Like, at least for me, that's all instinct because it's been built on experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's That comes from too many times going too far and too many times not going far enough. Exactly. Right? So you, so you find that, you find that buffer where it's like, and that's, what's so hard to like describe either like on a podcast or in an article or yes. even in an explanation is because it's so hard to ver- to like to ver- outwardly like communicate it because it's just, it's, it's a feeling you just, you get it and you're like, this is where I, where I need to be right now. Yeah. Like you just it, it kind of, and, and you, and I think you just build that confidence level in that to where when you do have that feeling and, you're scouting a new area or you're going in on a hanging hunt or something, or you're on a trip and you get that feeling. I think just over time it becomes more and more intense and clear and mm-hmm. you're just like set up. Well, and I, I, I agree. And I think a, a lot of what guys do, and I've done this in, in the past also when I was trying to build up my experiences as well is like, there's so many different phases of the season. And then within those phases, there's all these little tentacles that come off of it. You know, like, what happens the last two weeks of October? Well, you know, that is my favorite time to hunt, personally. I mean, I love the rut, Same. but, like, those last weeks of October, that is when you see the megas. That's when you see the big boys on their feet yep. doing stupid things. And But the thing is, there's these little tentacles. Okay, do you hunt the does? Because they're looking for does. Do you hunt the benches? Do you hunt the funnels? Do you hunt, like, what do you do? You know what I mean? And it's, like you said, it's not black and white. Like everybody's scenario is so different, you know, uh, I don't know. And, and when I found the scenario that I found in Ohio, I'm like, it told me it was a road sign that was like, dude, right here, yeah. right here, be here, you know, and get in here now. So dude, and I don't know about you, but I used to like, so I used to think like back when I was, you know, I was trapped in Michigan or like before I was like really evolving or maturing as a yep. hunter and I was just doing my thing. I used to live for the rut, man. I used to love it. I used the first two weeks of November were like everything. I used to, yep. I used to absolutely mark it on a calendar, pull it off, no plans, cancel everything. The older I've gotten, the more mature I've gotten, the more I've grown as a hunter. And I used to be like, I used to hear like, you know, guys like Mark Jury, like, I mean, just the OGs, right? Like yep. Mark Jury, Don Kiske, like the guys that have been doing it since forever. And it's like, they, they always talk about how, man, I'm really, I'm just really not a big fan of the rut. Like mm-hmm. they just don't really like it. The older I get and the more I mature, I, the less and less I like the run. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, like, and again, I'm not comparing myself to those guys at all. I'm just saying it's, I used to think like, man, what kind of arrogant jerk like says that? Who doesn't like the run? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The, <laughs> yeah. run, the run is like super fun. I mean, it, you're, you're watching bucks chase does everywhere, hopefully, you know, and you're, you're seeing it go crazy. And it's, it's a super fun time to be in the woods and you know, everything's changing and colors and food stores, everything, you know, everything's happening. It's awesome. It's awesome to be out there. And, and I still enjoy that, but from a deer standpoint, man, I spend so much time, so much time off season scouting, early season scouting, in season scouting that it's like, it just, it kind of just wipes the slate clean. And, and it just like the rut just kind of, it just kind of frustrates me more than anything now, because it's like, man, all the stuff I've done to like really try to figure it out, everything's changing. And it's just, you know, you're going on the fly, just trying to find deer. Yep. And, and, and that's what it's like. So I agree with you totally that, that, you know, the last 10 days of October, um, you know, five to 10 days of October are without a doubt my favorite time of the season. It's yeah. just, it, bucks are still somewhat patterned. They're definitely daylighting more. They're signing, their signings picking up. They're starting to frequent. They're starting to, you know, range out a little bit from the core bedding areas and things like that. I just, I love, I love the, 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 the tendencies that bigger deer have that time of year. And it's just a really fun, fun time. Yep. And then, 
I'd have to say like, and of course, like the first two weeks of November can be just dynamite and, it, and they're super fun to be out. It's, it's one of those deals where it's like, you gotta, you gotta go. Like you just gotta be For out sure. there. You gotta be grinding it out. You gotta be putting the time in. But then in my opinion, man, like it's, we're coming up on rapidly becoming one of my favorite times, which is this last part of November. It was always a time I, you know, in Michigan or at home, like when I, before I kind of traveled or did anything, did like really started out, you know, stretching my hunting kind of tentacles out there. It was like, I didn't really love, I, I, I mean, I didn't even know about it that much or like, or really put that much focus or attention on it. It was kind of like, I was just grasping at the tail end of the rut. Right. Well, now it's like, I found this kind of new passion for, in my opinion, I think if you're, if you've got a really big deer in an area, in an area that, you know, maybe you've got trail camera pictures or you've had sightings or encounters or heard from buddies or something, or like, if you're just, you haven't seen one and you're hoping to like, one's going to show up. In my opinion, I think the next 10 days to 42 weeks is arguably one of the best times to kill a, a real giant. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because growing up in Michigan, it's always like, well, our season's over on the 15th. Once the gun hunters come <laughs> right, in, it's right, like, right. it's done. You know, in a lot of ways, it is kind of like that in my area. And I'm sure in, back in your area, it was, yep. but like, you know, everything's, you know, they're getting shot at, they're, they're getting, they're dead, you know, and it's, it's, you know, they're getting pushed everywhere. So for me, like my ambition goes out the window when November 15th first light hits like because I like I, I gun hunt but it's not like like I said to you like I, I hunted opening morning and I'm like it just it just didn't have the same fire that burnt way back when you know it's yeah. just like man like I'd rather have my bow with me I'd rather do this yeah. and that you know but I get it so coming into these last couple weeks of November I agree with you like it is really fun if you can get on a deer because I feel like we're almost going back to like end of October style yep, because exactly. the does that have gotten bred, they're getting less and less of the does that are coming in heat. So the bucks are traveling more, I feel like, to, to find these does. And, you know, I think the competition kind of heats up a little bit more, less Agreed. bucks, uh, less does to, you know, it's kind of give and take, but like, so let's talk about this a little bit. Like you're out in Illinois. What is going to be your tactics going into, you know, these last two weeks in November? Like what are, what are, you're a hanging hunt guy. You, you're hunting out of saddle now, aren't you? Uh, most of the time. Yeah, I do. I will. I'll still run some lone wolves and stuff. Some okay. Stands too, and, and some key spots, but yeah, I'd say the majority of it's out of the saddle now. Okay. So, and then you're doing public land in which Illinois gun season is going to happen this weekend. You know, which when yep. everybody listened to this, it'll be the week after gun season happened. It, the first gun's coming. So, like, what's your tactic coming in after the first gun season? And you got another one coming. But, like, for a bow hunter, like, what are you doing? So, I'm going to concentrate. So, I've got a, I've got a couple core, core areas of public here that I concentrate on. Um, luckily, one of the best chunks I've got is it's, it's kind of unique. It's a, it's a, it's archery only and then they they do special draws uh for gun tags so um they only allot a certain amount so um there is gun pressure for sure and the neighboring farms get gun pressure but it's not like inundated it's not like the orange army pushing through right so um so that's nice so i'll probably focus most of my time on that that particular uh, public track and and really try to hone in so 
Um, I've got a few trail cameras going. I My trail camera strategy is a little bit unique. I, I'm dabbling a little bit in the cell game, but not a lot. I just, man, it just, it, it becomes too much of a crutch too quickly. And I just, I feel like I, you can get, it's too easy for guys. I've seen it a bunch. And I've really, really, really been diligent and focused on not letting myself like depend too heavily on them mm-hmm. and still hunt and get out and find the sign, find the deer. So that's going to be my, my strategy is I'm expecting the thicker bedding areas to get really good, like loaded up with deer. So there's, I mean, the, the, the area that I've kind of known and pre-scouted and, and have, you know, some past seasons experience here in Illinois is obviously the bedding areas are good. There's going to be deer, you know, it's a great time to, to, to get a cruising buck throughout any phase of the rut because they're just, they hold deer. But after those first few gunshots go off that, that first three day gun season that's coming up, you know, after that happens and then we're into that week of Thanksgiving, um, it's uh man it i've really seen that the security cover staying out of them and letting the letting that kind of uh build up let the gun season roll through those those few days and and the deer kind of sock into some of those areas so i'm gonna focus on thicker cover i mean i generally do that anyway but like i'm, I'm really gonna really focus on it now after some of that pressure the gun pressure and the hunters um get into it a little bit more and apply some even even more added pressure than what they saw throughout november to this point and focus on the thick bedding habitat, uh, thick corridors uh, to and from different bedding areas and things like that. And then um, what I have my fingers crossed because uh, what I've seen, especially, so so that's those are that's kind of like prospect one of like where I'm gonna yep. hope to find a cruising big buck looking for a last the last few does. But also too, if we can get if we can get lucky and get some really good weather. I've seen a lot of the food sources really turn on in the end of November because the mature bucks know through their experience and through, you know, multiple breeding seasons that um, that's where they're going to find the does. The weather gets good. It's starting to get closer and closer into the winter. Um, You know, you're, you're entering that late fall time period. A lot of the acorns are out, gone, eaten up. um, And they're starting to hit that grain pretty good. You'll get more, especially if you can find some, some good, like adjacent cover, some good transitional cover, maybe it's train features or train funnels that, you know, they come in with a ridge and it dumps down into a bottom field or vice versa. There's a top ag field, and a thick bottom that leads up to it. You can, you're going to, you can find still some fresh rubs, scrapes reopened and utilized um, and catch bucks spending a little bit more time, um, you know, closer to those food sources uh, you know, it's just going to depend. You're going to, and what ultimately determining factor, just like in any phase of the season, whatever is going to be the pressure, right? And so right. what the hunting pressure is around those places. So it's not going to be something where you want to sit the food, you know, the field source, you know, the food source edge or anything like that. But again, the deer naturally, you know, their, their biological clock is, is ticking. The system is kicking in. They know winter's coming. They know that, um, they're going to need to feed more and more and how, and hopefully the weather is naturally forcing them to do that by getting a little bit colder and that's going to cause them to frequent those a little bit more. So it's almost kind of like, man, where you're, you know, the first two weeks where you're, you're, you're just, you know, as a hunter, you're staying as mobile as possible right. looking for the absolute red hot precious signs. That is, you're just trying to do that. Yep. Um, and actually that's why I actually spend a lot of time glassing. Like I look and I actually, I physically will try to see deer and then go and like, if it's a good buck, like, all right, man, I'm going to dial in and, and hunt him. And, you know, if we can get one spotted on, on public or this is where it's almost like shifting a little bit back to like 
more of a bed to feed pattern. There's still some, still some sporadic randomness, right? But it's still, I think, one of the best times to really hone in on, okay, they're going to be, the Bucks are, you know, they're weak from the first couple weeks of the rut where they're just running like crazy. So they're going to need to feed more. They're going to need more, you know, just get to re-nourish themselves a little bit. The does are wanting to fatten up more for, for winter and everything like that. So um, finding a good food source that hasn't been just really pressured and hunting it smart around the, the downwind sides, around the thick adjacent terrain and habitat, and then focusing in on those on those really key bedding areas can still be a really, really good, really good time. So, I mean, that's, it's kind of, uh, that's, that's kind of my strategy, I guess, of the twofold strategy is, is scouting for the freshest sign in that thick cover adjacent to the, to the food sources, as well as um, finding the, the best bedding habitat that's going to hold a lot of the deer in the area and then find, you know, in the perimeters around that where, you know, where, where that, where it's being used the most. Yep. No, that makes total sense. And, you know, you're speaking my language when you're talking physically seeing a deer and making a move like that is my, like, if I had to say, what is the biggest transition I've made over the years or last couple of years of like difference that I've done. So where my, where my house is, I've got 120 acres of farm country that I can hunt. I literally, I will take mornings off hunting and I'd rather drive around the section to find a deer and see him go back to bed or see him on a doe. And then I'm going to set up a plan to make a move like that day. Like that is so much fun, man. I love doing that. Um, going back to, you know, your tactics right now, how, you know, the bucks are going to start hitting scrapes again, because like I said earlier, I feel like more does are getting bred and, you know, there's other does that didn't get bred that are coming into heat again. And like, how much merit are you putting on scrapes? Like if you were going into a spot, are you deploying cameras on scrapes right now? Um, like, is that something like a tactic you'd use? Hmm. Um, probably not. If I, if I find a really good, so end of October, into the first week of November, I love scrapes. Love them. I think, and, and it, I'm not saying I'm hunting right over a scrape. If it's like a, if it's like a major, like primary scrape, in a, like in a primary scrape area where it's a community scrape, it's getting multiple trails coming to it. It's the size of your truck hood. It's getting, it's just fresh, fresh, fresh. You know, if I can, if there's the right setup or the wind conditions or the tr- their habitat, like, uh, you know, accommodates it, I might hunt over that. But I really like just structure travel to and from and kind of getting getting in and around them just depending on how it's what it is in relation to thick cover but um i i will put cameras up over scrapes for sure you know as it as it's getting into this later time period i actually really like it into like into that first part of december because what i've seen is a lot of mature bucks like even when there's you know when it's just coming to the last few does like in the midwest it's yep it they'll, they'll go back and start consistently you know visiting some of these areas a little bit more i think I think we're still a little early for that. Now that's not to say, so what I'm, what I'm implying, I guess what I'm saying is that I will check them. Like if I'm going into scout or hunt an area, I'll, I'll, cru- I'll kind of like skirt by one and see if it's been opened up or see if it's, you know, fresh or, or whatever. But, um, you know, I'm not, I guess I, you know, so I, I'll use that to check and see like if it's being freshened up or open. Um, I may put a camera up over it and let it soak for a while. Uh, but by and large, I'm, I'm, you know, my, my trail camera strategy, especially on public, it's it's more of a, a marathon long game. I don't, I don't really 
I don't really check them very much throughout the actual season. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it can definitely work depending on the situation. If what the habitat's like, what the food sources are like, um, to let, to, you know, to utilize one right now, but mm-hmm. I would much rather check it in person as I'm going and then make note of that if it is fresh or if it's not, and then, and then make a plan from there. I got you. Okay. That makes total sense. Now, I know every scenario is different, but if you had a perfect, perfect scenario, you know, what you'd want to do, would you rather be going close to bedding, thick bedding, or would you rather be on food in the evening at, you know, those last, I know it could be very different and every scenario is different, but like, if you had like, do you think it's more fun for you to go on food where you think it's going to be a destination or getting right up to thick cover or on a transition right there? Like, what is your thoughts on that? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Big cover bed, bedding. Yeah, I'm, I, if, I, if, if I have to choose, it's definitely going to be bedding. Um, it's one, it's just, it's high stakes and it's, it's high risk, high reward. And I love that. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's how I like to hunt. I just, it's just, it's the hunt I like when I, you know, I'm really sneaking in and painstakingly slow and I'm getting up adjacent to bedding and I'm really manipulating the wind with the terrain and, and how, you know, the travel is, is, is coinciding with all of that. And I just, I love that level of chess match. I just really, just really like that. And, and if, and, I, and it's a percentages game too. I mean, you just, you got to look at the percentages by and large. Most of the guys out there are going, if you ask, if you ask the majority of hunters on public land, that very question, they're going to pick food, right? Yep. So yeah. I'm going to, I want to, you know, I'm going to 180 away from that where still in a high traffic area where there's good, you know, really good cover, but I'm like, okay, depending on the level of pressure, those food sources aren't likely aren't heating up until after dark where they're going to, that's exactly. when they're going to be frequenting them or the middle of the night. And the bucks are going to want to cruise through in daylight, checking for does before the does get up to feed because they're trying to be efficient with their time too. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, if you're looking to just shoot any old buck, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, you're at a year and a half, two and a half, and even a couple, you know, even three-year-olds, they're running around frantic as heck, just, just loving it. They're feeling their oats and trying to find, you know, hot does and chasing around and everything like that. Well, you know, mature bucks, they know the game and they're, they're out there, they're out there, they're trying to be efficient with their travel. They're trying to check as much area and as many does in as short a time as possible. And, and I, and I believe they, they have these kind of like rut circuits where they're, they're they cruise these, these circuits and, and, and follow and have these, these kind of consistent routes and routines to, to different areas. And, and they might phase that out. They might, you know, they might be in this one area during this, this week and this next week, they move to this other and, 
and they're, they're, they're kind of rotating around, bouncing around and finding that. But I think, you know, they're going to know that in the early evening, you know, does are still going to be bedded in the thick cover, you know, because of pressure and because of everything like that. So they can cruise by that thick cover on the downwind side, check that bedding area for doe, you know, if a doe's in heat um, and, and, and either keep going or obviously go in and, and, and investigate. But um, I, that's that for that's my long winded way of saying, if you give me the option, I'm going to choose thick security cover bedding yep. nine times out of 10 over food. No, I agree too. And, and bucks like that are efficient. Like you said, they're going from A to B to C and you just have yep. to intercept them. Like they have a game plan. They know what the hell they're going to do. Like that is their work day. You know, it's like that buck that I saw the other day, uh, he was cruising from one swamp to the other. I was throwing grunts at him. I was basically saying, Hey, I'm over here. Like almost yeah. to the point where it didn't sound like a grunt just to get his attention and he did not care. He was like on a mission, knew what he yep. had to do, was trying to go get into this other swamp to down to check it on the downwind side. He knew what he was doing. You know, I was yep. just a little farther off. And I agree with you on that because, you know, it's just it's like you said, getting to a food source, it could be closing time or after dark. So like you're still oh, yeah. not like pushing in far enough, I would think. You could always start yeah. there and move your way back if you want, but I agree, man. Get aggressive, really. Yeah. yeah. And it's I call it so what you're I call it the buck walk. That's what I call it. Because it's it's funny, man. It's 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 like you think, you know, big wily buck, they're so smart and mature and they're all you know, hard to you know, but it's like and yeah, they might stand on the edge or just inside of cover and they might stand there for 20 minutes and not even move and just stand there and turn and look and smell and sniff and listen and whatever. But when they decide to make that move and when they decide to tra transition and go from A to B, they're very deliberate. If you actually think about it and like there, it's a, it is a, it's a steady cadence walk. And you can, I mean, if you listen, you can hear it. Like you, you can almost hear at that, like at that, you know, that perfect time you're like, that's a buck. Like you just know, I mean, you yep. can hear it's a heavy walk and it's that quick. It's that not, not like fast, but it's, it's, it's that, it's that very deliberate yes. pace and cadence and you can hear it. And you're, and what you're just talking about is exactly right. Like when you have one coming into range, a lot of times, you don't, I mean, you got to kind of move quick, man. It's not like they're, it's not like they're like creeping and like stealthily moving through the woods. Like, yeah, of course there's times where they'll be really sneaky, but like, a lot of times if they're in this phase of the season, when they're on a mission to get from point A to point B, they're not wasting time. I mean, they're, they're just get they're just, they're getting there, you know? Yep. A hundred percent. Because I feel like a deer thinks too, like, you know, he's got one thing on his mind right now, as much as we say it, it is, it is girls. Like that's oh, it. Yeah. The girls and then eating whenever he can find a girl and she's eating, he's going to eat, you know, he's like, yeah. that's their, that's their goal. So yeah, I agree. I mean, if he can't find it, he's going to work until he needs to, because that's what his body's telling him he has to do. So yeah. that's, yeah, I agree a hundred percent, you know, getting into this last part of November as well is a huge mental game because if you go through, well, I mean, you might, a lot of guys, the majority of guys and girls probably haven't killed a buck or a deer yet. And it can be really mentally draining. Like walk me through you as like, like you said earlier on our pre-calls, like, Hey man, I'm struggling, right? You've killed a good buck, but like, how do you combat that mental game to like, keep driving, keep getting out there and like my, like keeping all your, you know, T's crossed and your eyes dotted. Like what, yeah. what are you doing to stay on track and not drop the ball at all? It's, it's a, it's a number of things. Um, having a great support group, 
I mean, whether that be, you know, I know you're, you're a happily married guy. I'm a happily married guy. Dude, it, it, it's, it is wonders where, you know, I'll be laying down in bed, you know, getting into bed and I know the alarm's set for 3.30 the next morning. And it's like, and, you know, the wife turns over and she says, tomorrow's the day. You're going to get that I mean, goes like, a long dude, way. That, oh my <laughs> gosh, man. It's like this whole just woof, like just this rejuvenation, right? And your buddies, I mean, just having your hunting buddies and texting and calling and they're like, stay at it, stay at it, stay at it. You know, you think that goes a long way. I mean, it's a, it can be lonely out there. Don't get me wrong. Like I love hunting camp. I love the camaraderie and everything like that. But man, there's a lot of times where I, I really like hunting alone too. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a, a, a lone guy out there. I like doing it, just, just spending time myself and really be me and the deer and just figuring it out so but it can get lonely doing that gets lonely right you're beating yourself up it's been a long season you're coming in the end of november you almost feel like pressure like you're running out of time so man having that support group just to build you up um and reminding myself like go, just to me it's 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 february through august and literally the 50 some to 70 some miles of scouting um and really uh relying back on that like like a it's, it's a couple of things with that it's all right you've done your homework you know you're in a good spot you know you're in the right spot have faith have faith in that have faith in that you're in the right spot and then two it's like look man are, are you really not gonna go this morning like you've spent you know countless hours you know um looking at maps, reading maps, boots on the ground, scouting miles and miles, weekend after weekend that you didn't spend with, you know, that you didn't spend with your wife, that you didn't spend with your buddies, that you didn't spend with your family. You try to, you try to compensate that. Right. And you're not, you don't want to be that guy. That's just alienating every, everything you like just because of of the deer, but uh, keep it, keep, you know, keep perspective, but like thinking about, Hey, you have a lot of time invested into this thing that you love to do. Are you really going to, you get to do, you know, this, this, this two months, happens once a year and you're going to, you're going to bail, you know, on this. So, and don't get me wrong. Like, I think there's a lot to be said for sleeping in in the morning or taking a morning off or, or even an evening on a hot day and just, you know, having dinner with your wife or going out, you know, doing something fun or just, you know, blowing some steam off and just relaxing and, and re- like pushing the reset button. But man, I, I'm really careful not to do that too many times, <laughs> you know, once or for twice sure. a season is about, is about all I need. Yeah. So, reminding myself of the scouting. I mean, I've even gone as far as to set reminders on my phone. Like, like, especially where it comes to this time where it's like, you know, yeah, it'll be like, uh, I don't know, you know, three 30 in the morning and I'm, and I'm, you know, alarm goes off and I'll get up and then all of a sudden at like four, I'll have a, I'll have an alarm go off on my phone or a reminder that says like, get into that spot or like go to this or you need to be here. And like, it's just kind of that just even, <laughs> even like pep talk to myself, like just, just, just continuing <laughs> yep. to like, to be there. So, and then, so those are like things kind of outside of the woods, right? Like just the, the supportive, my, my wife being supportive, my friends, my buddies, everything else, reminding myself all the scouting, the time I have invested and I want to maximize that time. And then ultimately like it gets dude where, I mean, where the grind really happens is when you're on stand, not seeing anything, right. You're in the woods and you're putting the hours in and For you're sure. the hours and, yep. and it gets tough and you're, and I, you know, you're making dude, sometimes I'll move three times in a day and it's like, and I'm talking about hanging, hunting, tearing down, setting back up. And everything. I mean, and by the third time and after the, you know, sixth or seventh time, eighth time doing it that season, it's like, it's not fun. Like, I mean, it's, it's not like, fun, dude. Yeah, it I'll is not. Honest, like, it's, yeah, it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. 
Halloween, it's a lot of fun. Like I'll move a hundred times if I have to, but like by, you know, by the 20th of November, it's like, okay, this is, I really don't want to do this. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, I know, I know that I have to, I know that I have to make that move and do that. So I'll play games with myself. I'll say, all right, if I get, if I make that move over to this other spot for this, for the evening hunt and I go ahead and I do that, I'm going to get, you know, uh, I get to eat that beef jerky. I got my pack. You know, it's like, also like I'll, pro- <laughs> I'll bribe myself with, with food or snacks and stuff like that. And just like play, play little games and, yep. and do some stuff like that. And, um, I'll purposely like, sometimes I'll leave, like I said, I, I like my trail camera strategy, especially in public is I, I'm a soaker. I let them soak, let them soak. I don't, I very, you know, I, I can, you know, count on one hand, the amount of trail cameras I check, I check once. And I don't think I've ever checked a trail camera that I've got hung more than once in a season. Um, and the fire, I'll say, all right, you're going to go hunt because you know it's a good area. You know, through previous scouting, you're going to go hunt this other area this afternoon and you got a trail camera close, you can check the trail camera if you go yep. over there. So, um, so I'll kind of do, I'll kind of play little games with myself like that. And then that and the support that I get from my wife and my buddies and, and just, you know, sell, you know, pep talks to myself. Those are those couple of things are usually enough to get in the group. I got you. So you were breaking up a little bit there when you're talking about your trail camera strategies. But were you saying you you don't normally check a camera twice in a year? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, in a season, I let them soak. Yep. So okay. I, I and what that what I do for that is because I just I want it to be as much natural movement in an area as sure. I can. And obviously, you, you're one person. You can't be everywhere, right? So I want them to soak and do and do the scouting for me in an area as you know when I'm while well, I'm not there. So. Um, and I use that as historical data, right? So like, I'll check them and say, okay, I can look at the span of an entire season and I'll know mornings or evenings, what, you know, this, these four days, it was red hot in the morning. These four days, it was red hot in the evening. These four days, it was dead. There was nothing there. Or this month, there was nothing there. And then when it flipped the switch to the pre-rut, man, they just poured into this one spot. Like yep. they were all over right here. Yep. So I, I, I use that and I, I really take a lot of, I do, I'm, I'm, I like journal, like I take a lot of notes in my phone and I, and I keep a really good documentation of, of my sightings. Um, you know, every, every, you know, three-year-old plus buck I see and, uh, where that, you know, where they, where I was, what the conditions were, what the wind was, the weather, um, everything like that. And then I do the same thing for trail camera pictures. Yep. Um, so just log and log and catalog and map it out. For sure. And, you know, I ha- I don't put a lot of – I used to be a trail camp freak. Like, I lived and died by – or live and die by them, basically. But now, I mean, I have a couple cell cams, and I, I'm the same way. I let cameras marinate. And I will let yeah. I will let my cell cams tell me, like, when stuff's heating up in an area. You know, that is do you nice. Find, do you find yourself – and I agree. I agree with you. The cell cam thing, man, it, I, I, it's a, it's a battle for me because yep. I, I know buddies. I've got buddies that that physically it dictates every move they make from a standpoint. If the cell cams are exploding, they're going in. If the cell cams are cold, they're not. And I mean, dude, I, I've seen so many times. It's, it's. I mean, it's one little snapshot that you're getting. There's, there's so many opportunities, especially during the rut. Of, you know, bucks can cruise around or chase a doe that you never even knew were there because they didn't yes. just happen to walk right in front of the camera. Well, and it's like, and I worry about that for myself because like, I've got a few of them too. And I like them. I think they're an awesome tool, but I am so hypersensitive to not letting myself become obsessed with them because I want to be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I, I love them. Like, it's like, I mean, I just want to love, I wish I had a 
thousand of these things and yep. i just like this is, and i just had like this this like layer set up where it was like a it was like 17 monitors and like, I just, that's all I was doing. It was just like, you know, but like, it's just like, I, I'm so terrified of like letting myself even get anywhere close to that point because it's not hunting, man. You're like, you've got to get out there and read the sign and find sure. the deer and do the, and do the thing. Um, so do you, like, I'm interested, do you, how hard is it for you to like, do you feel pretty balanced? Like, is it pretty easy to keep yourself in check? Like, Hey, it's great having the cell cams and I can see the information come in, but I'm not going to rely too much on them. Or is it like, this is, um, struggle to not to, to depend too much or not a struggle things. at all um I, awesome. I used to be like holy shit he's there right now i gotta get in there like the next two days i had a shooter show up in my one acre little plot the other day and i was like never seen the deer before ever and he was in on a doe and i was like oh that's cool you know maybe i should like <laughs> think about like maybe moving in there so once in a while haven't went in there yet but i will say something that has helped me is like glassing Dude, I've only sat yeah. 13 times this year in a stand. That is my whole year. And I've killed... You've killed three bucks. I've killed 433 yeah. inches of antlers. Yeah. You know Slammers. what I mean? Yeah. But, like, yeah. I, I re- I'm... Like I said, like, I was on a different podcast. The Whitetail Legacy guys asked me on a podcast. And they asked me, like, you know, what is your, like... Or maybe I asked them, and then I told them my answer that because they asked it back to me. And I said, honestly, I take my daughter to school in the mornings, and I'll drive around. And I'll find deer yeah. and I'll go make a move. And they're like, really? Because they were like, I can't take a sit off in November. And I'm like, it used to be I couldn't do that. Now, dude, I if I don't feel like it's right, I'm not going. Like, I'm dude. I am more efficient yeah. with my time. And look at, like yeah. I said, 13 sits this year. And, yeah, I have a horseshoe lodged directly in my keister. And, <laughs> but, like, out of the 13 sits this year, 11 times I've seen a buck that I would shoot. Like, yep, that's it. I agree, man. Efficient efficiency is my number one focus as well. It has to be that way. And it's this scout more, hunt less is a real thing. 100%. It's a, it's a real, it's a real thing. I'm telling you. Well, and I've got the two, two times this year, and I never thought I'd ever, ever do this. And my, one of my buddies thinks I'm completely nuts on this. Two times, 45 minutes prime time in the evening two times this year i've pulled my stand down and got out of the woods because of a big wind switch and i'll like send a snap to my buddy and i was like wind switch of me in my truck and it's not even dark yet he's like what are you doing and i'm like dude if i blow that deer the one deer that i want i'm done i'm complete like that's the way my mind thinks and they're like he's like you just ride it out, and I'm like, no. Used to be, I would ride it out. I will pull a set quicker and shit if if the wind switches and keeps a sustain. Like I'm not afraid to get down and just move, or get I, out of there. I, I agree, <laughs> dude. Yes, I agree 100. percent And the same way it goes for setting up. I, yes. I mean, I, there's three times it's happened to me three times this year. Left of shoot, 20 minutes of shooting light, I've been walking back to the truck with stand and sticks on my back because <laughs> I didn't find what I, I was looking for. Yep. I, and I just won't do it. Like, I'm just not going to set up in some random spot and just be like, well, here we go. Yeah. Like, it's just, I mean, because I mean, even it's not even from a standpoint of, yes, you can get, you know, you can get lucky and have one come by and, and that's great. But it's like, I just don't, especially on the ground or even like, like in Michigan and some of these other heavily pressured states, even on private ground where neighbors are, applying pressure and stuff too risk spooking any deer 
when it's not the right spot. And I don't, I mean, I'm not just going to, you know, just set up randomly in some spot because I'm not finding what I'm looking for. Right. And, and you just, like you said, you chalk it up and say, okay, you know, I'm, and don't be down about it. Like it is what it is, right? Like it's okay. The conditions didn't, they didn't permit you to stay where you were at, obviously with the wind switch. And, and you're like, I'm going to get out of here because today just wasn't the day. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing for scouting in and man, I thought it was going to be on fire in this one spot. It wasn't. I went over to this other spot because as, as my, as plan B, there was, you know, boot tracks all over it. And, and I could tell the deer, the deer sign wasn't fresh. People had pressure and all right, going in spot three. Okay. Well, Spot three is not panning out either. I'm going to try one, you know, this other spot over here. I haven't had a chance to check out. I'm going to go look for fresh sign. Fresh sign wasn't there. Four spots in an afternoon. I'm like, today ain't the day. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's not on, it's not on this, this side of the property or it's not on this property. I'm going to try this other property tomorrow or this other side tomorrow. And we're going to, I'm going to chalk it up as a success because I learned where not to be. Right. I mean, granted, you'd love to walk in there and all of a sudden big shooter comes walking by, boom, drill him and, and you know success but that's just not the reality of it right so i i mean again i i don't i don't mind not sitting a spot or making a last minute change or decision or not setting up because i wasn't finding what i wasn't finding the way i look at it is i just chalk that up as notes as saying i found where the deer weren't and now i know that i can not i can be more efficient with my time elsewhere for sure and you know it helps in the fact too like I've only sat 13 times this year, but my home life, my wife is like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's October 28th and I'm not hunting tonight. Uh, I'm going to stay home. And she's like, you're not hunting. And I'm like, no, like, you know, and it's just didn't, it doesn't feel right. Or, you know, it's like the old me would, I'm hunting every night and trying every morning that I can and probably doing more harm than I am good. But I go into every year with one thing in mind. I, I'm only going to get one opportunity this year. That's yep. what, you know, I've had three this year. You know, yep. I'm getting one. You get one as a hunter. If you get more than that, you are you get a bonus. Like, that's my philosophy. So why I do I want to go in there and blow shit out of the country? And, yep. you know, for that, my one opportunity. And, you know, if, if I get down and a freaking giant comes by, well, you know, from the other direction where the wind wasn't blowing, well, he beat me. I, I overthought that. that. Yeah. yeah, he won that day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I agree. And and that's one thing that, I mean, with, I, with my podcast and stuff is, and something I'm trying to learn still every day is just like telling everybody to think outside the box. Like people are saying they yeah. want this black and white thing. Like, what would you do here? And I'm like, think outside the box. Like, you know, you get in this comfort zone and then that's all you do. Don't do yeah. that. Get Be comfortable with being uncomfortable, as I was trying to yeah. say. You know what I mean? It's- perfect example so like with the saddle thing and i'm dude and like selfish like kind of internally like i don't i like i hate the fads right like the hunting fads (laughs) like they really they really bother me like i'm like i don't want to do that because everybody else is doing it and i just like uh the the saddle thing was definitely that now i've been i I was kind of early to the saddle yeah i I know some buddies that tethered and things like that and and um and they you know wanted me to to do, do some riding and cover some stuff and so i uh I, I said, all right, yeah, I'll give it a shot, you know, kind of a thing. And, and dude, and working for Scentlock previously, like John Eberhardt, he's like the godfather of saddle hunting. Yep. He's been saddle hunting since like literally the 70s. So it's not like it's anything new. It's been around. But anyway, what it taught, what, what opened my eyes, and, and even and even honestly, like it's the same kind of way with, with, my, with my, my lone wolf and stuff. When I go in with a stand, I use all these different tools. But it's like I've hunted in the last three years, two to three years, I've hunted off the ground just oh, yeah. just set up and hunted off the ground more 
than I ever like thought was even possible or that I would it's even special, especially in like these open areas, like out in Kansas and stuff like that, or even parts here in Illinois in this, in the farm country where, you know, you'll come up in these, these soft edges of these thick and there's like literally not a single tree that's bigger around than your, you know, pinky. And you're like, well, what the heck am I going to do here? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, before I'd probably chalk it up and just be like, all right, I guess I can't hunt here because there's no, no good tree where now it's like, no dude, like, you don't have, you know, you've got light gear, you've got minimal gear, like stash this off to the side and you set up and brush yourself in right here and you make a go of it. For and sure. that's how I killed, that's how I killed my deer in South Dakota. Really? It wasn't, actually, actually, the weird thing, the weird thing about that was, is it was in this, this big Creek bottom, giant cottonwood trees. My straps weren't long enough. So the tree, the problem was the trees were too big. <laughs> I couldn't get, I couldn't get, I couldn't get, they were either cedar trees and I didn't want to cut down half the thing. Well, I couldn't. And then, uh, obviously couldn't. And then, uh, or the trees were just there. These cotton, giant cottonwood trees that you're like, I mean, you got to put three people end to end to even get their, your arms around it. And so I had to just hunker up on the ground. And that, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head, man. Is you've got to be so you got to be adaptive and resourceful to whatever the conditions are going to allow. Because I mean, you know, that's where a lot of times that's where the big deer are going to be is on those really hard, challenging spots. Yep. Yeah, and to kind of go back to your question to me about the cell cam thing, one thing that's made it a lot more fun for me this year on our family farm, which is, like I said, it's big woods, rolling timber. I don't run cameras up there anymore. I mean, I did put one cell cam up there in a spot that was way back in the thick shit that I just wanted to monitor to see when the yep. deer move into that area. Right, but other right. than that, I you know, it's, hey, let's take a stand on my back. And let's go figure it out. Let's go walk around and, and figure go it out hunt. and hunt. Yeah. And that's yeah. something I did not do growing up. You know, being a Michigan, yeah. it was bait hunting. And, you know, your dad hangs two stands for you. And it's like, okay, these are your stands. This is how you get in it. This is how you leave. You know, you hunt it. You didn't pay attention to the wind. You know, it was just, you know, I had four different arrows in my quiver. So it was like, yeah. it's just, that's how it was. So, oh yeah, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just think my word of advice to everybody is just think outside the box. Like you said, I killed my Michigan deer on the ground this year in a, in a corn yeah. or I, I stalked him. I saw him on it. Like I said, I, you know, I was, took my daughter to school and I did a drive around the section. He was locked on a doe fighting three other bucks off. And I, you know, stalked up on him, got into position and made it happen. Like, you know, but I will tell you, this is what I will tell you. He was right next to uh, timber that I could hunt on, on my property. Everything was right there. And I had a stand 150 yards from him. And my first initial thought was, go get in that stand. She's going to come through this timber because this is the first place she's going to go. And you'll get a kill. You'll get a shot on him. And then as I'm walking out there, I'm like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Like, I could be there all day. Like, I'm going to go make mobile. a move. Yeah, stay mobile. Yep. Get in there. I had standing corn. I worked through the standing corn. Got to 25 yards. And then he kind of worked off a little bit farther. But I made it happen. Like. That's awesome. So man. it's just one of yeah, those that's... things like don't don't fall back into the de default. Like don't fall back yeah. to your comfort zone. Do something different, you know. Yeah. And don't I mean and, and I'll say this I guess without don't you know obviously don't be don't be reckless. Like don't exactly. go out there just being like silly, but at yep. the same time do not be afraid to make mistakes. Like that's how you're going to learn and grow. You how are you going to know where like, pushing the limits? How are you going to know where the limits are if you don't break them every once in a while, yep. right? Like I mean you got to you got to go too far to know where the limit's at. Like, yep. I mean, that's the thing. And it's just, and that's, it's just the like guys are so conservative and so afraid to bump deer and so afraid to move in tight. And, 
it's like just oh hey, I'm, I'm gonna you know mess this up and and, that, and that's where I think you know don't get me wrong man especially in a pressured state like Michigan um, when the gun you know gun season stuff like that when pressure gets on you know big gear get big for a reason they're smart there's no question there but don't give them too much credit either they're a wild animal their brains are smaller than ours and they're they're driven and you know designed around a few key things that really doesn't get outside of that they're not you know they're um a bunch of einsteins out there don't get me wrong yep. they make us look and feel stupid and awful <laughs> yeah you're breaking up there i think i lost you nope he's down in illinois the are you there Yep. Oh, I, I lost. I lost. I lost you there. You're down in the armpit of the world, in my opinion. <laughs> I know. I know. I know Southern I Illinois is like there's no cell <laughs> service know. out there. I know it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. No, but I think what you're saying is just you know, just get creative, but don't be reckless. Honestly, you know. Yeah, and don't be afraid to make some mistakes. I mean, yep. that's you know, push the limits and, and have fun out there. And like you said, be creative with the process, and and just find new ways and, and fun ways to get it done. Yep. I think those are some good words to end on, man. I appreciate you coming on and doing this, buddy. I really, I do. And, and hopefully you can kind of get out of your funk and get one killed here in the next couple of days. I know it's uh, well, and like you said, buddy, I, I think we're, you know, like we both said, I, I think we're coming up on a, on a really awesome time of the season. I think that the next, you know, the next week to 10 days could be really, really good to, to get a last kind of a last minute cruiser um, on his feet in daylight. So I'm for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I'm staying optimistic, man. Awesome, dude. Well, uh, good luck the rest of the year, and uh, let's stay in touch and maybe do one of these, a recap at the end of the year. Sounds great, brother. You too, man. Uh, go kill another one. You might as well keep adding to the list. <laughs> I got one more tag, so I'm, I'm going to try to go do it. <laughs> good deal, bro. Well, good right. luck to you. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Thank you, Alex, for coming on, buddy. I really appreciate that. There's a lot of good things in here, and sorry about some of the some of the – his call was, was kind of breaking down a couple times and he was he was in some bad service so sorry about that but I, I feel like uh, we got back on conversation and uh, it was good conversation like I said he's really knowledgeable and, and whitetails and he's killed a lot of big deer so um, thank you very much for him coming on and, and hopefully you guys enjoyed that so with that being said please go to iTunes leave a 5 star rating and leave a written review that would be greatly appreciated and don't forget we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast <laughs>